2: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You have 47 new
2: voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to
4: the show on this Thursday morning. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, for spending some time with us. We know that everybody has busy lives and we appreciate your support what
3: could they be doing at six o'clock in the morning Uh, besides listening to our morning show you're not that busy it's six o'clock it's still dark outside it's a lot turn us up
4: it's a lot um and obviously we are very aware of what's going on in the state of florida we're going to keep you updated uh as updates come in from hurricane ian i just i just found out what two three minutes ago Mm -hmm. that my parents house there the roof is completely gone which means that the entire house is probably flooded. This is a house they bought two years ago. as their retirement home. Yeah. And so luckily my parents were not there, but they did have fr- uh, friends who stayed down there during this. And it's just catastrophic.
3: The, I feel...
4: The images are just too much to even fathom.
3: Well, I feel like it also sort of happened, not necessarily out of nowhere, but so many of my friends that live in Florida, the world is just a crazy place right now. On top of like posting about Masa Amini, which we're still doing, mm-hmm. standing for uh, women's rights in Iran. Florida is happening. It's flooding. It's just a really, it's a very interesting time yeah. having it hit so personally for you.
4: There were places at eight to 10 feet of flood of water within like minutes. You said there
3: was a shark swimming There around. was a
4: shark swimming down the street. And I think Fort Myers, Florida, which is where my parents, they're in Punta Gorda, which is right next to Fort Myers. Uh, Fort Myers is the airport you fly into. All directly hit by Hurricane Ian. And there was a video last night of a shark swimming down the street swimming down the insane. street because the street now became a river or a, or a lake. Um, just wild. So obviously the devastation is just going to keep, we're going to keep seeing more and more and find out how bad things really actually are. Um, the worst of the storm has passed through the western side of Florida. I believe the hurricane has reduced to a, a, a category three. Uh, it started as a five out to sea. I think it hit land as a four and it is losing some power as it goes across you know the mainland. But um, still so many people are just going to be affected for years to come. Yeah. So we're going to keep an eye on everything. We'll keep you up to date. Obviously, we're very aware of what is going on. Uh, it has been downgraded to a tropical storm we're seeing right now. Um, but, yeah, the show goes on. The right? show goes on, babe, and it's going to be a really
3: good show. It's a good show today. It's Therapy Thursdays, and clearly we may need a little therapy today. Yeah,
4: it's a good time for a therapist, right?
3: Absolutely. Uh, also... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is growing up rich all that it's meant to be? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to know. Growing up poor sucked, so. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I'd like to
4: see what the alternative is like.
3: Yeah, what does that look? And then devastating news in the rap world. We'll be talking about it. Yesterday was a weird day. A lot of news came out that was really sad.
4: Yeah, a lot of different kind of news that was all pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, Right now, though, it's time for some actual news on the beat, so why don't you take it away?
3: Let's do it, baby. That would require me to pull it up, so let me do that Oh, you need some more time to pull up your
4: news document. I
3: guess, girl. Okay. Virgin Atlantic passengers have always been able to choose what to wear on flights. Now, crew members can, too. The British Airline announced Wednesday that it's scrapping its policy on gendered uniforms. The policy change will allow cabin crew, pilots, and ground staff to wear the uniform of their choosing, no matter their gender, gender identity, or gender expression. Additionally, Virgin Atlantic announced that it will be giving all passengers complimentary pronoun badges and allowing passport holders with ex-gender markers to book flights. Using an option other than male or female.
4: That's really fascinating. Actually, Virgin Atlantic is interesting because they just reached out to my husband the other day. I don't think it's going to work because he has some, a conflict. But they wanted to fly him on Virgin Atlantic to London. For
3: yes. Like four days
4: to attend like a big uh, queer award show there. Well, they're doing something
3: it. They're doing something with Michelle Visage. I think they're calling all influencers yes. and kind of bringing it together, which I love. Good I love them. to see. All right, let's get into weather. 65 in Boston today, 68 in New York, 69 in Seattle, 85 in Miami, 86 in L.A., and 102 in Palm Springs. And now give us a vibe a little.
4: Here's a vibe for you. Live your beliefs, and you can turn the world around. Just know what you stand for, and stand, stand strong for it.
3: Absolutely. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q.
4: Apparently, rich kids take fewer risks. That's the headline uh, that we're seeing here. Rich children are less likely to gamble a prize than their poor peers. It's an interesting uh, revelation. Uh, this study just came out uh, breaking down basically the lives and the, and the habits of those who grow up with money and who don't. Uh, the researchers claim that it is the first experimental evidence that shows a child's tendency to take or avoid risk is flexible. And can be affected by their background. Uh, So this study basically looked at nearly 200 children between the ages of 4 and 10. um, And this was published recently in the Proceedings of the Royal Society B. This was a study over in the UK. And the wealth and social backgrounds were evaluated by their parents' incomes and education. And then the the children were obsessed. Or obsessed. Assessed. Um, This is interesting. They're saying that rich kids take fewer risks, actually. And I feel like that kind of makes sense. Like, your life's pretty cushy if you've got money.
3: Well, they literally don't need to take risks. What do they need to risk for? There's nothing. I feel like when you grow up poor, it gives you this really amazing survival ability. You take risks. You have nothing Mm. to lose. You you have to be resourceful. You have to understand how to make things work. And when you're rich, listen, if I could provide a rich lifestyle for my kids— I would 100% do it. I I wouldn't want my kids to be raised rich. I'm trying to change those generational curses. Mm. It was really hard. I don't think there's anything humbling about growing up dysfunctional and poor. Hated it. Am I funny? Yeah, because it's trauma. Am I in a text war with my father right now because he's a narcissist? Yes, I am. But I I would rather be with a, a, a life that I could provide for my children with proper boundaries.
4: Isn't it fascinating how and i'm sure you can probably relate to this did you ever hear the phrase money doesn't grow on trees or money's the root of all evil did anybody ever say that in your life growing up as a kid
3: um they well yeah and you know it's so dysfunctional i now am terrified of money
4: yep of course
3: and i'm terrified of losing money and i don't have realistic um ideals with money i will say that i'm a little bit in debt right now i put out an album i put out a music video so I'm in debt. I paid for it myself. I had an investor. I had to. Uh, obviously, I'm very grateful for him. But then I had to put my own money in as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like broke, honey. And instead of being like, "Oh yeah, we'll make it back. Oh yeah, it's all good. This is important." I haven't been able to sleep at night, and I think it's because I'm uh, really stressed oh, percent. out. percent. Because you don't know if the money's going to ever come back. But it's it's not like a concern. It's like a panic and anxiety. Oh, and of I, course. I think that's what we were taught growing up.
4: I've definitely been through many seasons of that in my life because we're taught, one, that it only brings bad stuff. A- anybody who has money must be evil. They must be bad. They must do bad things to get the money. That's how like people who don't have money are raised. And then also the idea, oh, you think money grows on trees? Putting a negative connotation on what money actually is. Yeah, money represents freedom of choice. That's what money is. Money helps you sleep at night. It's not going to make you happy. And there are studies that show that. I think that the few years ago, the the average uh, or the peak income in uh, average America, right? And this is going to be a, a higher number in L.A. because it requires more money to live here and some other cities. But with something like seventy nine thousand dollars a year. A year your, your happiness level goes up exponentially until you make that amount of money per year. And beyond that, the happiness level stops climbing because then you've peaked and that is where you're content. And people actually are happiest when they're content to some degree, when they don't feel the pressure, the weight of debt all the time, but also the pressure of being really wealthy because there's a lot of pressure involved in that too. It's fascinating though, the study also found out that kids between the ages of 13 and 18, whose parents earn less than $35,000 a year, which is a pretty low number, we're talking about you know the working poor at this point, um, they spend two more hours per day on average on their cell phones.
3: Yeah, as an
4: escape. You got to think why.
3: Honestly, I do too.
4: Why soap operas do so <laughs> Heard well? That why reality TV does so well? Those aren't wealthy people who are running, like, Fortune 500 companies who are watching them. It's us. It's middle class people. It's lower class people who are trying to escape their lives. So this all makes sense. Absolutely. uh, Remember Donald Trump said that he started off his career with a small million dollar loan from his dad and that's how he was a self-made man?
3: Yeah. The same way that Kylie Jenner is a self-made billionaire. Wow. And that's no Tino Shade. But she had a little help from her friends. A little bit of help. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and
1: Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Oh my
3: god. It
4: is a sad, sad day if you are a fan of rap and hip hop, especially from. The 90s. It's a big one. Michaela, what's popping?
3: Well, this is so sad. First of all, that song was in the movie um, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. What was that movie called? And she was this school schoolteacher um, in a bad neighborhood. Oh, my God. It was such a good movie. It was so sad. And I was really young when the movie came out. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I
4: keep wanting to say Cruel Intentions, but I know exactly what you're you talking You know what it's I'm
3: saying, that, though? Yeah. Um, and that's where I think the song got popular. Uh, but Coolio... Uh, one of the OG rappers passed away at 59 years old, had a heart attack in his friend's bathroom Wednesday evening. His talent manager, Sheila Finnegan, told TMZ, we are saddened by the loss of our dear friend and client, Coolio, who passed away. He touched the world with the gift of his talent and will be missed profoundly Please of Coolio's loved ones in your thoughts and prayers. Dangerous Minds. Yes. Oh my gosh. That movie was Crazy. Uh, but it's really sad. The rapper who achieved enormous success in the 90s was visiting a friend. Uh, Coolio's longtime other manager says Coolio went to the bathroom at his friend's house. But when he didn't come out for a while, the friend kept calling for him, eventually went in and found Coolio laying on the floor. Only 59 years old is so... It's He's young.
0: Yeah.
4: He's
3: really young. Um, it hurts. It does. It makes me really sad. Uh, I feel
4: sorry for the friend who found him in his bathroom.
3: Yeah, but imagine you just go visit your friend. You're Mm. using the restroom. I mean, that's how fast it goes. So we just went to pay our respects to one of the OG rappers in the scene. He, I think, was also on a VH1 show where we really got to know him. Wasn't it like um, Celebrity House or this was years ago where we kind of got to know his personality as well and he ha- he was funny he was really funny and uh it's really sad so we send our love
4: are you thinking about Pimp My Ride? no I was trying to think who is uh, cause I'm trying to think what rapper that was that was Exhibit um yeah, I, I can't remember what cool deal it was It was
3: something where we got to see his personality, and he was just a good guy.
1: Mm.
3: Um, it's just so sad. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays as we continue to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Why is it important for the Latin community to have therapists that understand them? We'll talk about it coming in the next hour. Good morning, B. Channel Q.
4: Coming up this hour on the show, it's time for Therapy Thursdays as we continue to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Why is it important for the Latina community to have a therapist that understands them? Uh, just like it's important for us to have therapists that understand us, um, everybody deserves uh, those who can speak to them in a way that makes the most sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to be joined by... Um, are we? Have, do we have a therapist calling in today? Yeah, we have a therapist calling in a little bit later on today in about eh, 12 minutes. So make sure you stick around for that. Also, my boyfriend wants to de- me to delete my Instagram account. I, oh uh, no,
3: girl! I uh-uh. feel like a
4: lot of people have fights about uh, social media and relationships. Well, um,
3: I just had a friend that's been on social media for about a year. She was engaged for a long time, and she came in so hot yesterday with this really hot photo of herself. She was like, "Have you ever had somebody tell you what to do on social media? I did. It's over, and I'm back. Kind of like dragging her ex. It's
4: a it's a controlling thing. Yeah. I
3: remember
4: when we first started dating my now husband ten years ago? I don't even know if we were dating yet, but he had posted a photo on his Facebook of him just wearing a tank top. Just a tank top. That's it. That's all you can see is the upper upper half and a tank top and his dad called him, had a long talk with him, sent him some scripture, some Bible passages and told him to take it down if he ever wanted to have a career. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff. Jeez. That's the kind of stuff that we're taught by our parents. That my mom used to always tell me if I ever got a tattoo, I'd never have a job. If I ever got my my got my eyebrow pierced one, she told me I'd never have a job. And, um, but that's how they were raised. That I know. That was our parents' generation. Well, so, I'm, yeah, you're what?
3: No, I, I'm just getting my tattoos done right now, fully. You're getting and more, and I'm getting more. I can't wait. And old generations are like, oh no, you can never get tattoos, you'll never get hired. And now, if you don't have a tattoo, you're not getting hired. Like, it's crazy yeah. how everything has changed so much. I'm
4: watching the show Reboot right now. I told you about it the other day on Hulu, and it is hilarious. It is so funny. The concept basically is they're rebooting a show from the 90s, like a sitcom, a cheesy family sitcom, but they're trying to make it more realistic nowadays. And the writer's room is mixed as a mix of like old, like traditional comedy writers uh, and then some young writers who are like they just clash constantly. Their worlds are so different. And one of the characters is trying to come out to her dad, played by by Paul Reiser, who's fantastic from uh, Mad About You. And um, she's trying to come out to him and she's like 40. Right. She's like my age. And one of the other writers is, like, <laughs> 22. And he's like, girl, what? She's like, I, I need to tell my dad I'm, I'm a lesbian. He's like, we don't say that anymore anyways. Like, just be whatever you are. Nobody needs to come out. Oh, my God. And it's, this, this, That's... It, it's crazy. <laughs> I talked to my husband about this last night because he's right in the middle of both of our ages. And I said, it is a completely different world to be queer or anything different and be 22 right now than it is to be 42, 52, 62 or Listen, older. Listen,
3: I empathize with us because we also, like... Started our career twenty years ago, and I will tell you, we
4: were told to stay in the closet.
3: Not only stay in the closet, you have one color hair, that's and that's it. your natural hair color. I wasn't allowed
4: to have facial hair no, for years, not no. even a bit, like a one day stubble.
3: No makeup, Mm-mm. no tattoos. None. You were the girl next door, or yep. you were nothing.
4: Mm-hmm. Blank canvas.
3: That. Blank camps. Every time. Let me tell you that I'm still so scarred by headshots, mm. I will never get a headshot. I'm like, I don't
4: look like that ever.
3: With your arms crossed, leaned against the wall.
4: Yeah. Who do
3: they think they were messing with? I don't know. But now headshots are like TikTok. Like- I just, I, I want people to understand. You don't even do
4: headshots. Remember you used to staple a resume on the back of a headshot in all four corners and walk it up to the casting director? If you
3: did all four corners, sometimes people would just do the corner and then you get in trouble because it wasn't neat enough for oh, the yeah, casting absolutely. directors.
4: And they don't want the staples to be at an angle. They want them to be straight on the edges.
3: You know what I heard though? Since the <laughs> pandemic, a lot of our friends who are still actors, they, they're doing... Audition still, uh, but they're really, really upset, and one of the actresses is going to sag after to complain because they're not doing in-person auditions anymore because they realize Zoom is so much easier. Mm. They're giving them 12-page copy to memorize, and these kids have to be able to edit their audition, set up, their lighting, their set sound, up everything, everything. Mm-hmm. and they're like, we did not sign up for all this. We're just trying to audition. This is way too much work. Just to be seen,
4: it's nuts. It's interesting because on one hand, I hear all that. But on the other hand, you get to do it over and over if you feel like it. You get to get the tape just right. You don't have to drive to Burbank during rush hour. and sit. You remember how bad it used to be to audition and you'd have to bring extra clothes in your trunk all the time in case one audition wants you to be the the boy next door, the other audition wants you to be like a skater punk. So you had to have all these costumes in your trunk and just drive around.
3: For sure, but some of them don't get to do it. Like some of them are literally, they go into the Zoom and they audition for the casting director right there. So the lighting has to be, there's no like re Oh, they do it live, you mean? Yes. So it has to look perfect. Not a
4: self-tape. Because
3: they're judging that. It's crazy. It's just such a different Uh, world.
4: uh, Social media, it's all changed the world. And it's never going to go back either. It's It's not going to change. It's
3: never going back.
4: Just moving forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat with Michaela. What do you have?
3: All right. After students across Virginia walked out of school on Tuesday to protest anti-trans policies, out White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre reaffirmed the Biden administration's support for transgender students. A reporter asked Jean-Pierre, who is the first out LGBTQ and first black press secretary if the White House supported the student protesters. She said she had not seen the reports, but that this is a president that supports the LGBTQIA community. He
0: speaks always, always is proud to speak out uh, against the mistreatment of that community. Uh, trans, we believe and he believes transgender youth uh, should be uh, allowed to, to, be, uh, to be able uh, to go to school freely, to be able to express themselves themselves freely uh, to be able to have the protections that they need to be who they are.
3: Now the proposed policies require written permission from a student's parents before teachers can call them by a name or pronoun they were not given at birth. But teachers will be allowed to misgender students even if parents submit all the required requests. Citing teachers' rights to be free, citing teachers' rights to free speech. Teachers will also be required to share information about students' gender identity with their parents. It's just nuts you guys nuts uh, all right another news teachers at Central Bucks West High School in Bucks County in Pennsylvania say they were told by administrators to not use a student's preferred name or pronoun if it does not match with the information in the school's database. The new policy, known as the Gender Identification Procedure, introduced a faculty meeting six days into the school year, prohibiting staff and faculty from using a student's chosen gender identity by administrators, who also told them they have to follow parents' or guardians' wishes if they differ from a student's. Legal groups say this is a new policy that's being implemented." All right, let's get into weather. 71 in D.C., 75 in Orlando, 84 in Denver, 73 in San Francisco, 86 in L.A., and 102 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day.
4: Live your beliefs and you can turn the world around. Love
3: to hear it. Know what you
4: believe first.
3: Absolutely. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursday as we continue to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Why is it important for the Latin community to have therapists that understand them? Uh, We have a licensed marriage family and therapist joining us next.
0: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
1: The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q.
4: Welcome back to the show. Uh, we're now joined by our therapist, uh, uh, therapist for Therapy Thursdays, talking about the importance as we continue honoring Hispanic Heritage Month of of the Latino or Latina community. Uh, finding therapists that speak to them, that understand their unique experiences. Um, and so joining us now is our licensed and marriage family therapist, Andrea Vargas. Uh, thank you so much for being here. How are you?
5: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
4: Uh, do I pronounce it Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. Andrea, the real way. That's the right answer. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this. This is really fascinating. You know, oftentimes we talk about therapy from a uh, an LGBTQ plus uh, perspective, but there's intersectionality, you know, in all of these uh, different conversations. And today, we want to really focus on the importance of, of your community mm-hmm. finding therapists that can speak to them. Why is that important, and how do you suggest uh, our listeners go about doing that?
5: You know, it's important because culturally, it's um, we are a very unique culture and i'm sure that a lot of people can speak that about their own cultures which is why it's very important to seek a therapist that either has the same or similar cultural background as yourself because there are certain things in our cultures that only we understand and it's so complex and there are so many tiny little things that that we understand within the culture that a therapist that is either doesn't have the cultural competence or is part of the culture understands and even the way that we relate with our parents or, you know, like being first generation and having to pave the way and all these intricacies that we don't always think about. So I think it's really important to have a therapist that is going to understand you culturally. You know, I've... Um,
3: Mm-hmm. So sorry. Now, I, I just feel like as a woman also right now, it's really important for women to speak to other women uh, with so much going on. I, I can't stop talking about it, whether it be in Iran or Roe v. Wade overturning last month. And so especially I feel like a, a, a minority of Latin women being able to speak to other uh, like a Latin female therapist also plays a really large part as well.
5: Yes, especially because of, like, as females, the way that sexuality is portrayed within the culture and how it's very different to grow up female or male within the culture, right? Because sexuality is very different depending on whether you're a male or a female. And even sometimes, you know, there's a lot of videos and memes of how, when you're the only male in the family and everybody caters to you and you only have sisters and how moms cater to their sons mm-hmm. but not their daughters. So all of these different things that oftentimes we don't realize how important it is for somebody to understand about the culture definitely plays a role.
4: Do you think that, you know, we talk about often the barriers to uh, Seeking out mental health help, to uh, seeking out a psychologist or a life coach or a therapist, and we talk oftentimes, you know, in the queer community, we're very open to it, right? Like I feel like mm-hmm. we, just, we need it desperately, but so do a lot of communities, and and the Latina community is one of those that it, it, it seems that there is a mentality amongst at least the older generation that therapy is not for them. Um, how do you address that, and how do you encourage those who maybe? we not open to it in the past to consider talking to somebody?
5: It's funny you mentioned that because I, I get a lot of first gen clients that, you know, oftentimes have a difficult time being open to therapy because, you know, therapy was for crazies. And so the line that I always use, and I always like to incorporate a little bit of humor in my own therapy, just because I think as a community, we do enjoy laughing. Um, is the DSM, which is the diagnostics books that we use for uh, diagnosing. You know, crazy is not a diagnosis, so I guarantee that you're not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know,
3: we do. our producer is a Latin Juama, and so I feel like it Mm -hmm. would be a loss if we did not talk to her. I mean, is it important for you when you go to therapy, Vanessa, to speak
6: to somebody that speaks to your culture as well? Honestly, my first therapist that I've ever had, well, I had one as a kid, but... I was in Colombia. But the one that I had recently, uh, she was a black woman. And to be honest, in that moment, I was like, oh, okay. I, I just honestly, I didn't think about like, oh, I should have gotten a Latina woman. I really didn't think about it. But I think I'm uh, in my experience, I have become so Americanized that I don't think about, oh, maybe culturally, some of my... if. If I have issues, some of my issues could be mm-hmm. a cultural thing. Mm. So and, I, I don't, I, I, and I'm aware, like, Oh, like as I'm listening to this conversation, I'm like, I should have probably gotten a Latina. Yeah. Do ah, so yeah. so you find
3: that happens a lot, Andrea, that like some of the people that come to you are more Americanized, even though they are from the Latin community.
5: Yeah. I see a lot of, like I said, I see a lot of first generation um, clients and a lot of them are professionals. And, you know even though being professionals they they still like the acculturation and the assimilation like being first generation like your parents are still very traditional and you grow up in a very traditional household and you know so it's having to navigate the the acculturation and the assimilation and you know like keeping part of your roots and your heritage and how your parents raised you but also realizing that a lot of a lot of those Um, things that you learn as a kid no longer serve a purpose for you and that you are trying to do things differently. And, you know, sometimes it's even with the language. Sometimes we go back and forth from Spanish to English because when Spanish is your primary language, um, we tend to express ourselves or it's easier for us to express ourselves emotionally in our primary language. So sometimes, you know, being able to use your primary emotional language uh, also helps in therapy.
4: That's actually so important because I know that I, I have friends who, who English is their second language. Vanessa being you know, very fluent in English but sometimes gets caught up with certain words, like can't find mm-hmm. exactly the word to express how she's mm-hmm. feeling in the moment, and as a therapist, that really creates a barrier. Right. And, and it's a really, really, I'm glad you brought that up uh, before we let you go. You know, as we said, we're, we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month um, here at Channel Q. And if there is a message for the Latina community that you wanted to share today uh, for maybe those who, who do need a little bit of help, who do need somebody to talk to, but they're still on the fence, what would you say to them?
5: I say give it a try, you know, and if you find a therapist and you don't find a connection, continue to search until you find the right therapist for you. Um, Sometimes the first therapist isn't a match. Sometimes the second therapist isn't a match. You know, sometimes you have to go through a few until you find a therapist that is a match for you. Um, And there are a lot of great resources out there nowadays. There's Latinx therapy and there's therapists for Latinx. So we have to... um, platforms that allow you to find a therapist that is latino or latina and that way you know it's easier for you to narrow down and look at backgrounds and read summaries of each of your therapists so that you can find the right therapist for yourself
4: andrea
3: vargas thank you so much for joining us licensed marriage and family therapist we appreciate you and we look forward to talking with you soon
5: oh thank you so much have a good day
3: you too all right coming up uh, this article says, my boyfriend wants me to delete my Instagram. Is he being protective or is he being controlling? We'll discuss coming up. Good morning, B. Channel
4: Q. This is a very common conversation, I feel like, especially for new relationships. Uh, this this woman shares that uh, she met her boyfriend back in 2019. Uh, had, he had had some conflict with his ex that she never really fully understood. They started dating uh, a couple of months go by. And they really like went all in. They're like a couple now, right? Yes. And after like he gets the commitment that they're a couple, uh, he lets her know I'm not I'm not comfortable with your social media. I'd like you to delete your Instagram. What do you do? You finally fall in love. You're three months in. You're six months in. You think you found your match. And they say, I want you off of social media now.
3: Baby, those are red flags screaming, crying, begging, get out. I literally just had a friend. She got engaged in Italy. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about social media. This girl's beautiful, right? She's so cool. She's a cool girl. She meets a super hot guy. The last thing we know, last September, they were in Italy, and he does this elaborate proposal. He proposes. The rock is huge. They're living. She's in this gorgeous white suit with lubes. It was a serve. He's hot with his muscles.
4: Lubacone's not a lubricant, just so a Ma- Well, maybe lubricant maybe was Maybe both. Used. I'm sure that was later.
3: Yes. So then, she kind of, like, just doesn't go on social media anymore. And we're like, well, that's what happens when you're in love. Like, she just doesn't... Who cares mm, about social media?
4: She's busy being in love is yes, what you think. Yes,
3: Right. Literally yesterday, posted a photo of herself with her makeup all done. And she's like, I've been gone, but I'm back, bitches. Have you ever been with a man who asked, why you have all that makeup on? Is it for other men? Or why don't you have any makeup on at all? Or why do you need to be on social media and makes you delete your social media? Because that was me, and those days are over. And all of our friends are like, take your power back, queen. But... What we thought was like them in love. She's
4: in a love bubble.
3: Yes. (laughs) She was told to delete her Instagram. And I feel like that's the type of insecurities that you do not want to be boggled down by, honey. Listen,
4: I'm going to tell you this. The thing that has worked in my relationship more than anything else that has built mutual trust and respect that has allowed us to be in in a monogamous marriage, right, after 10 years, is the fact that we do not try to control anything about each other. That doesn't mean we always understand it. it. Doesn't mean we don't argue. But I would never, in a million years, even suggest that he not post something or that he take something down. Let alone delete his social media, because that's actually way sexier when your partner. And here's the here's the 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 head trip of it all. If you really want your partner to not post really racy stuff, telling them to take it down is not going to get you what you want. No, it's and, not. Encouraging. The stuff you love might make them respect you a little bit more and out of respect. They might choose to not post certain things that make you uncomfortable because you've given them the choice. And usually if somebody cares about you, if something really does actually bother you and you give them the choice... They're going to choose not to hurt you.
3: Listen, I'm as wild as they come. And when I was younger, when I first met Lisa, I was even more wild. And
4: It's true. I've known her for 15 years. uh
3: Uh-huh. And Lisa, (laughs) literally, there's never been a day where Lisa was like, that makes me uncomfortable. Don't wear that. Take that down. Whatever. And because of that, it's literally toned me down so much. Of course. Just because like, I'm like.
5: Oh okay, like whatever. It's, a, it's just a huge
4: red flag, like you said, and and I was watching a clip. My friend is the showrunner, an executive producer of, uh, is it Married at First Sight? You ever seen the show? Yeah, yeah, I'm obsessed with and
3: that show. And
4: this one couple was in couples counseling. It's an upcoming episode, I think. It was a clip, and they're going through like some of the things that bother them. And this, and the therapist looks at the man. He's like, "You know what you're doing is you're controlling her." You're trying to control her by saying you don't – because he didn't want her to go to nightclubs anymore now that mm. they're together. She's like, I love going dancing with my friends. Oh, and the, no. ther- the therapist said, so you're afraid of losing her, so you're trying to control nightclubs. Next, it could be you don't want her going to you know, a basketball game with her friends. You don't want her to go to work anymore with a coworker. That's never going to end. It's always going to be something else that you're uncomfortable with. Until you deal with the issue at hand, which is you're a control freak. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh wow, I never thought about that before. Yeah. It's all about controlling people. Insecure people ask you to take down your Instagram.
3: Yeah, yeah, but it's only going to lead you into a breakup yeah, because I, no one wants to be controlled. Listen,
4: I, I tried, I try to make my husband show like, like, pretty provocative stuff. Some I'm like, listen, show it off. You're hot. I want the world to know that that's what I'm working with. Like, that's my husband. I like it. Yeah,
3: yeah. And does he? Sure does. Amen. Good
1: morning, Q.
4: Save the cheerleader, save the world. The iconic tagline for one of my favorite short-lived shows of all time. It was called Heroes on NBC, and its star Hayden Panettiere was on the rise. Right, she was popping up everywhere, and then life took a turn. Michaela, you have a pretty sad update for us and what's popping, what's going on.
3: Yeah, listen, I love Hayden Pantier. I thought she was incredible in Nashville. She's so talented all around. And uh, she's was on Red Table Talk, uh, and she's opening up about her custody battle with her ex. She said, after spending years struggling with substance abuse issues... Uh she is sober but unfortunately it's just not enough what she thought was a routine trip for her daughter to visit her father in Ukraine turned out to be totally different take a listen
5: I thought this yeah. was an agreement that you came to that you felt it was best that your daughter be with her dad
3: at first it was not because it wasn't a discussion okay. it wasn't if he had come to me and said you know, I think because of where you're at right now and the struggles that you're having, it would be good for her to, you know, be over here with me for a while. Right. To which I probably, if I had had enough of a conversation, would have said, okay, that, that makes sense. I get it. I'll come there, you know, to visit and, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because of the way that it was done, it was very upsetting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the worst signing those papers was, like, the most heartbreaking thing I've ever ever had to do in my life Mm. she also goes on to say that her ex called her up and said Kaya wants to call other women mommy and she said that that was just horrifying to hear Uh, she feels completely stuck and she's just not able to see her now 7 year old he will not allow her to come to the United States uh, or share custody like they had originally planned in the very beginning listen There's nothing I feel like dads are really important, but you've lived inside your mama for nine months. There's a bond that is just simply unbreakable. And I think it's devastating that she's unable to see her baby. Look, people make mistakes. People have substance abuse issues. She's sober now and she wants to see her kid.
4: Yeah, I think hearing that that your child wants to call other women mommy implies that there are many women in his life, which is problematic for me. Um, but also, if a, if, if a judge has issued custody to the dad, moms almost always get custody. You have to really, really mess up as a mom. Generally, they wanna keep, if the, if the parents split, they wanna keep the kid with the mother. That's, I, I went through this in my own life, right? And my stepbrothers, their mom was so bad that my stepdad actually got them. So we were a rare family that had, you know, two different families together of all the kids living together most of the time. Um, her ex Klitschko, uh, who's a like a famous hockey player. And also what, what, what tells me it must've been pretty bad is that the judge thinks it's better for this child to be in Ukraine right now than with Hayden. That makes me sad. Cause I know it was really, really, really bad for her. Like it was bad for a long time and she was a disaster. Um, I hope she can figure it out and they can figure out some sort of an arrangement if she's healthy now and if she is, you know, sober. It's a big deal. You don't want to eat. Listen, no kid should be raised in a, in, a, in a household with parents who are under the influence or who have some sort of addiction Sometimes it is the case and you have to deal with it. Hopefully yeah. they deal with it.
3: To be fair, though, we talk a lot about child stars and she does open up about her acting at the age of five and then speaking out about how her team began giving her happy pills all the time mm. in an effort to make her seem more energetic during interviews. She said, I was doing press all the time for Heroes and I was a little low energy. So they would say, here, take one of these. It's a happy pill. It'll give you energy uh and it turned out that it was just adderall that they had gotten from mexico and she said look i should have known it was sketchy i didn't all of a sudden uh my mood everything flipped i was depressed it was an endless cycle trying Mm. to just do press do this be a mom (sighs) and uh it's a lot of trauma really sad
4: yeah that and that's why i hope she gets the help i hope because like i'm not saying that well
3: it sounds like she did i mean she's sober and she's now trying to get her baby. Now she is.
4: That's what I'm saying. Hopefully, it works out. That's why I said, hopefully, they can find a, a sort of a joint custody agreement. Um, because even though, you know, she may have been you know, treated a certain way for all those years, it still is not that child's fault, you know? And, and if she's healthy now, she should absolutely have at least 50% custody of her child, I think. Like, why not? Duh. Like, a, a kid needs their mom and their dad. Yes. If it's possible.
3: Yes. All right, coming up, uh, conservatives are, ta- are attacking Latinx, latine. Uh, so we have uh, an assistant professor in the Women's and Gender Studies Department uh, chiming in to discuss about this. Coming up next,
1: the Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q.
4: Conservatives are mad. Want to know what Aren't they're mad they about mad? now? They're always mad. This is what they're mad about now. As we continue celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, they're mad. Over the use of Latinx and Latine. They're upset about it. They don't like it. Oh my God. Why do they care I, about anything?
3: Literally, that's the thing. I, you know...
4: just always mad.
3: I really do my best to just care about what's happening in my life. <laughs> sure. And when I do that... My attention is so distracted by what's going on in my life. I have no time to focus on anybody else or what they do in their private time that, well, or what
4: they want to be called. Isn't that what they're supposed to be about, though? Like small government not you know interfering in the lives of citizens. That's literally the, the platform of the Republican Party. But they don't do that. They, yeah. want, they want to be involved in everything. Your Your bed, your ovaries, like all of it
3: like everything our pronouns and i just i don't know where they i just want to like i barely can find the time to do the morning show get a nap in and practice my songs for upcoming gigs they find time to do everything to do all
4: of it you know what they don't find time to do though tell me get to know somebody different than themselves or read a book maybe i don't know Hello. Just don't do it it's also crazy. did you hear marjorie taylor green's husband has filed for divorce Listen to me. This makes me happy. I'm sorry. I don't like divorce. He was see,
3: sick of her. I
4: don't like divorce, but after like twenty two years, I think they're getting a divorce.
3: Was it a situation where he was not as Republican as she was or he wasn't I a don't conspiracy think theorist?
4: Anybody is down the rabbit hole as far well, as she but is. You
3: know the way that uh um, Kelly Kelly and Conway. Conway and her husband, mm-hmm. yeah. Are they still together?
4: We don't hear about them anymore now that she's out of the White House and their yeah. daughter no longer.
3: Well, her daughter auditioned for America. Did you ever see that? Yeah. When the yeah. daughter auditioned for American yeah. Idol. And then mm-hmm. Kellyanne Conway was on American Idol. And then she was like, that's my daughter. And we played the audio on
4: like, the show and you, you, I remember right. you saying that the that's daughter right. wasn't actually that bad.
3: She wasn't that bad, but it was so awkward because they had been feuding on social media for months. Yeah. And then all of a sudden her mom showed up like a knight in shining armor and was like, I'm here to support my daughter on American Idol. Kellyanne
4: Conway. And everyone was like, Conway. what
3: happened, babe? What's going on? <laughs> it's a lot. So a That you guys were fighting.
4: Kellyanne Conway, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Ann Coulter walk into a bar. That's it. That's the whole That's joke. It. That's a joke. All they could use a
3: cocktail. They could use a little refresher and a settle down. <sighs> they could
4: use a bottle of booze, lighten themselves up a little bit. Well, Am I trying to tell women to become alcoholics? I'm a horrible person. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. When we when we follow them down the rabbit hole, we're better than this. Get
3: a, get us out. of. You know what I want to talk about? Billy Eichner and Carrie Underwood. Is oh there God. a real feud happening or what?
4: He was unfollowed by her. She blocked him on Twitter. Why? I don't know. He not, he's not, doesn't like her. He's not having it. Not having it. We mm-hmm. saw the headline last night. Mm-hmm. It was an entertainment tonight. Keep you know going. what the headline said? Tell me. Billy Eichner unfazed by his feud with Carried Underwood. Not it, Carried. <laughs> they put a D on the end of her Not name. Carried I was Underwood. Like, oh I, somebody's somebody's getting reprimanded for that.
3: I feel like if there would be a feud with Carrie Underwood, it a thousand percent would be Billy Eichner's feud. Like it doesn't. It, I'm not surprised. I don't feel like what. His
4: movie comes out tomorrow.
3: It looks so good. Think
4: he's going to stop by and talk to us, or or do you have some insider information? You
3: also have more insider information.
4: <laughs> Tell us the story's too good.
3: I just said this off break. When uh, Jay Rodriguez hosted this show, he, our first weekend, reached out to Billy Eichner. We were reaching out to like our celebrity friends to be on the show. And he reached out to Billy Eichner, and I wasn't familiar with Billy Eichner yet. And he reached out to him and he said, do you want to be on our show, long story short? Billy Eichner simply responded, I will never be on your show. (laughs) And I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard in my life. So awful and iconic. And Jay was like very offended. And now look at him, he's in his movie, so I'm obsessed, so we can like make fun of it now. But I thought that was the funniest response I'd ever heard in my life. I followed him immediately, looked up all of his stuff. Turns out he really was such an icon, God, I love Bill. Vanessa,
4: you know who their first guest on their show actually was, but not when they were on the air, just when they were practicing like the week before? Who? Me.
6: No. Yes. They
4: interviewed me for my book, but I wasn't big enough for the opening week. I was just good enough for like the practice practice. round. Yeah, so that's how big I was. But my voice was on the very first episode of Morning Beat. (laughs) Little did they know, fast forward a year. Psych. Can't get rid of me.
3: Here we are, honey.
4: Hi, yeah, yeah. You want to do some news on the beat? No. Well, you never do, but can you? (laughs) Thanks.
3: Virgin Atlantic passengers have always been able to choose what to wear on flights. And uh, now crew members can too. The British airline announced Wednesday that it's scrapping its policy on gender uniforms. The policy change will allow cabin crew pilots and ground staff to wear the uniform of their choosing. No matter their gender, gender identity or gender expression, the company said in a news release. Additionally, Virgin Atlantic announced that it will be giving all passengers complimentary pronoun badges and allowing passport Holders with ex-gender markers to book flights using an option other than male or female. Okay. In other news, a transphobic group co-opted a Google map of facilities that provide medical care and resources to LGBTQ people. Many now liken this map to a list of targets for people uh, to harass and potentially attack these facilities, their staff and clientele at a time when the LGBTQ community faces a rising tide of real life events. Uh, The Global Gender Mapping Project states that its goal to abolish the gender industry its map lists clinics, and resource centers whose offerings range from gender-affirming surgeries to laser hair removal and counseling. Many of the locations serve the community at large in addition to LGBTQ children and adults. Opposing the validity and humanity of LGBTQ people has become the latest far-right obsession.
4: Yeah, we're not even valid. We don't exist.
3: Yeah, I guess not. So
4: weird. Guess what? I exist. I exist. You exist.
3: Yeah, we're awesome.
4: Vanessa. weirdos. You're not a homo like us. <laughs> Are you okay with us?
6: I'm super okay. You love us? I literally, when I type, t- like, he- uh, the main point of what the.
4: The headline, the headline is, is yeah.
6: in our rundowns so helps like in our community, and I really feel oh. like I'm in it. Oh, you are. You are.
4: Allies are a part of our community. So.
6: We love our listen, we couldn't do a
3: lot without our allies. We couldn't. Totally sure. There's no way allies help get us in the room.
4: Listen, we didn't we didn't vote for ourselves to have the right to get married. We did like it was literally people who, who went out there and marched for us. 100%. That's why we're here now.
3: Yeah, you find the best stories too, babe. All right, let's get into weather. 65 in Boston, 68 in New York, 69 in Seattle, 85 in Miami. 86 in LA and 102 in Palm Springs now give us a vibe of the day please
4: live your beliefs and you can turn the world around
3: okay love that All right, coming up this hour uh, Dr. Melissa Ochoa is an assistant professor in the women's and gender studies department she recently chimed in on her thoughts on the inclusivity of Latinx proposed an alternative and uh, Republicans are livid we'll talk about why coming up next
1: The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q.
4: You know we've been honoring Hispanic uh, Hispanic, Hispanic <laughs> heritage month. I try to put two words together uh, all month long, and we kicked off this month with uh, a guest named Dr. Melissa Ochoa, who is an assistant professor in the Women's and Gender Studies Department, uh, and, and was talking to us about an article that she wrote recently about um, the term Latinx, right, and how 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 she prefers we use Latina. Right, because it makes more sense uh, in the Spanish language. Well, Dr. Melissa Ochoa is joining us once again. Thank you for being here. Dr. Melissa, how are you?
1: Thank you, Dr. Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. Please call me Melissa. Oh. And
6: uh, <laughs> she remembers. I, I
1: promise I promise this time I silenced all my alarms for my meeting <laughs> reminders. So, no, I girl, you let us know that. you're busy. Yeah. First of all, if
3: uh, I was a doctor, no, I wouldn't was... let anybody call me yeah. anything but. And okay. chances, yeah.
4: chances are you're going to hear Michaela or eyes go off anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I want to talk to you about this because apparently... You know, this article that was supposed to mm-hmm. spark conversation has sparked mm-hmm. conversation in an unexpected place. Progressives mm-hmm. have now gotten a hold of this. Conservatives, or not progressives, conservatives yeah. have gotten a hold of this. And they're comparing Latine, which if you're an English-speaking person, it's spelled L-A-T-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Latine, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. how an American might see that. And they're replacing it with the word latrine, which is a word used to as an outhouse or a toilet, What's right. go, what's going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I wrote the article, I expected you know some backlash maybe from academics that have been using the t for a long time. That didn't happen, which I'm you know grateful for at least not yet. In fact, I received the opposite, which was great. I, I've received a lot of positive feedback from the everyday. Uh, Latina and Latino, which has also been wonderful. But yeah, I did not expect this. I did not expect right-wing conservatives to write entire articles about my article. And uh, it's, it's frustrating because either they didn't see that I had a pronunciation in the original article, hmm. or they omitted it entirely in their article. And to make that kind of comparison, okay, first of all, you don't even need to speak Spanish. To be able to pronounce it correctly.
4: Uh, yeah, I don't speak hey. Spanish. Uh,
1: you don't need to. Okay, <clears throat> Latin A. You don't need to. And, uh, you know, if you can, you know, as re- recently black uh, social activists have said, if you can pronounce Game of Thrones characters' names,
4: <gasps> right? Nero, Targaryen, and. Track, pronounce- track
1: them, track them, track yeah, them, right. track them, track them, track them right
3: now. The House
4: Valerian. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Rolls yeah. off the so
1: top. Yes, right? So, uh, and and so then for them to say, you know, in the article, they say, uh, this name, Latina, which is, they say Latine, sounds uncomfortably close to latrine. No, first of all, it doesn't. But second of all, to even make that kind of a comparison, it's both racist mm-hmm. and it's sexist. Of course it is. Because Latina is a gender-inclusive term. And so it it, it is trying to dismantle, you know, Latina does... Uh, dismantle the sexist uh, you know language barriers that can happen in Spanish language, but also you know it allows gender you know nonbinary individuals to have an identity both in pronouns and also in pro- plural form. Mm. So it is racist and sexist for them to make these comparisons, and I don't understand why the name calling has been okay, and I don't want this to spin into. That. You know, yeah. I don't want that comparison to continue to spiral, which is why I'm grateful that you're having me on to hopefully stop this in its tracks mm. uh, or at least bring awareness that, that is, this is not the pronunciation. It is Latin A, not Latin.
3: Mm. Yeah, Queen. I feel like I love the great, the Game of Thrones reference. I also love when people like want to order like chimichangas and margaritas. <laughs> like they know how to do all of that. But this is like such a large issue. And I feel like the most interesting thing that we've learned within our community within uh the Hispanic community is that literally it is none of their business and that is their biggest Business. Well, uh, like yeah. they literally, yeah. instead of gardening their own home, honey, they're over at everybody else's lawn, and I just don't understand it.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, literally, one of uh, the articles, and I quote, says, you know, or we could just leave things the way they are mm. and continue to use gendered terms within a culture that largely speaks a gendered language. Okay, so. Okay, ugh. Mr. White Man,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you don't get to dictate. What a culture does or its people decide to do with its language. Hello. Listen, I'm ins- I yeah. I want to make this clear. I did not create this term. Yeah. This came from Spanish speaking activists in Latin America. I'm simply the medium, you know, presenting it to the United States, mostly in academia, but for the U.S. population. I, this is not originating from English speakers. This is originating from Spanish speakers.
4: Listen, I'm going to tell so you, Dr. Melissa. who is Melissa, this white man? Yeah. Listen, listen. I'm a white man. My boss is a white man. We have a lot of white male listeners. We're not all that way. I promise you. And I'm sorry that that oh, is. I know. I'm, I know. I'm sorry that that is what you're facing right now. What it really is, what they're really saying is, and this is the same thing. Black History Month, right? All of a sudden, conservatives have an opinion on Black History Month, and, and they say, oh, right. black on black crime. Or during Pride oh. Month, they're like, well, look at the gays getting monkey pox and AIDS. Like Those are the conversations oh. they want to have because right. what it really boils down to is, is that cis, straight, white men have been in power forever. So when they Absolutely. say, let's keep things like it is, that means they're afraid of change. They don't exactly. want to acknowledge that we are actually not just a nation of white men. We are a nation of immigrants and always have been. Exactly. Mm.
1: Exactly. And this idea, you know, language does shape our reality. And what spurred this was that Salon.com reposted my article. This is because both of the articles and the emails, by the way, I've been getting emails from white conservative men who also like to tell me put me in my so-called place. Um, they have also been citing the Salon.com article. Mm. And I guess in 2017, Salon.com had released an article saying, we should stop using Latinos, we should only use Latinx because it's inclusive. Well, now, 2022, my article came out, and they're like, we should stop using Latinx, it's not inclusive, we need to use Latine. And so they're pointing to this as, you see how problematic the left is, you see how, and I'm I'm sitting here going, This is gross.
4: It's called evolution. It's called evolution and growth. I mean, come on. We used used to travel by boat across uh, oceans. Now we have planes. I mean, catch up.
3: Judge (laughs) Melissa, you're an icon, and there's never enough time. But we appreciate you joining us so much. And we hope to have you back as well, because it's really important that your voice is heard. And um, it's important to continue
1: spreading this message. Oh,
3: thank you so much. Thank
1: you so much for having me, and and thank you both. You both are awesome. You're doing incredible work. Incredible work. Thank Go you for on. highlighting. Thank you, Dr. All of the people. You highlighted that 15 year old yesterday. Yeah. Oh, see, my see, gosh. People like, they give me hope. Uh, they yes.
3: give me oh, hope. Let me tell she you. She was an icon, and oh, so were you. My students
1: give me hope. Also, thank you so much.
4: Thank you for listening. Wow. Thank
3: you for listening. All right. Now listen <laughs> of course, to this. I'm next. a huge fan now. <laughs> well, listen to this next joyous segment. Trump.
4: Oh, God. God.
3: Is obsessed with our community. Find out why he can't get enough of our sex lives. I think that's telling. Coming so up hot. next.
5: This is gross.
4: It's called evolution. Looks like. It's I'm called evolution and growth. I mean, come on. We, used, we, exactly. we used to travel what... by boat across uh, oceans. Now we have planes. I mean, catch up.
3: Josh, <laughs> Melissa, you're an icon, exactly. and there's never enough time. Oh. But we oh. appreciate you joining us so much. And we hope to have you back as well, because it's really important that your voice is heard. And um, it's important to continue spreading this message.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And and thank you both. You both are awesome. You're doing incredible work. Incredible work. Thank Go you for on. highlighting. Thank you, Doctor. All of the people. You highlighted <laughs> that 15 year old yesterday. Yeah. Oh, see, my see, gosh. People like, they give me hope. Uh, they yes. give me
4: hope. Let oh, me
1: tell she you. She was
3: an icon, and oh, so are my you. My students
1: give me hope. Also, thank you so much.
4: Thank you for listening. Wow. Thank
3: you for listening. All right. Now listen <laughs> course, to this. Next. I'm a huge fan now. <laughs> well, listen to this next joyous <laughs> segment. Trump.
4: Oh, God. God.
3: Is obsessed with our community. Find out why he can't get enough of our sex lives. I think that's telling. Come on so next. Hot.
1: The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q.
4: So I've had a theory about Donald Trump for many years uh, that he's actually secretly a raging homosexual, at the very least bisexual. Hi. Right? Now yeah, this is just a theory. Why do I have this theory? His obsession with his appearance, the spray tan—that's a big one. The the bleached like fake whatever fluffy hair. That's another one. He really, really cares what people think about him. And as a gay man, I know that I care what people think about me, as do all of my friends. I've had some of the most narcissistic friends in the world who happen to be gay men. They're wonderful people. But in some way, shape, or form, they're not all that different from Donald Trump. Well, now it turns out that my theory might actually have some legs because, according to his former staffers, he used to obsess over their sex lives. And not just everybody's sex lives, although he did. He really liked to focus on his gay staffers' sex lives. Now, two things pop out here right right away. One, he had gay staffers. Okay, let's give him credit for that. Well, we uh, do
3: exist.
4: Log cabin Republicans are our thing. Um, but two, real he really wanted to know about their sex lives. That's wild to me. Why would he care? Can you imagine Joe Biden asking? Now, I can see Joe Biden maybe giving an uncomfortable shoulder massage from time to time. And I think he's learned his lesson on that. But...
3: I mean, this doesn't surprise me. Trump is so inappropriate. Trump is such a wannabe womanizer. Trump literally tried to get Stormy um, into so much trouble, and then she ended up suing him and making money, the porn star that he had sex with that, like, called him out on his manhood. Like, nothing that Trump does surprises me. Do I think he's gay because he was, like, inquisitive about the culture? I don't even know. I think he's just so sexually driven that he literally cannot help himself. He like it just doesn't get it, and I think it's more like offensive than it would be like questioning because he's an offensive human being. Oh no, he's
4: offensive. Well, here's an example. So, New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman has her book coming out. It's called Confidence uh, Confidence Man: The Making of Donald Trump and the Breaking of America and it details his sort of preoccupation with appearing to be uber-masculine, right? He's obsessed with Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin once did a photo shoot on a horse shirtless just to prove that he was strong, right? This is the kind of ego that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And she describes a meeting early in Trump's administration with uh, Vice President Mike Pence and campaign aide Jason Miller. Trump felt it necessary to point out that his aide, who works very closely with him 24 hours a day, uh, quote, likes the ladies. You know how sometimes someone turns out to be gay later and you knew? This is what Trump apparently said. This guy, he isn't even like 1% gay. Like, he wanted people around him, anybody in earshot to know, he's not even 1% homosexual, so trust me, he's very, very manly. Yes. that's always a red flag to me. Like, who feels, like, who needs to say that?
3: Yes. Like, I don't get it. He's very manly.
4: Very, very manly.
3: Yeah, I think, honestly, though, when you describe yourself as very manly, that is... Full blown arrows pointing to straight, so that makes sense.
4: Mm-hmm. They also said um, they recalled Trump mocking gay men um, or men who were even seen as weak by using the words "queer" or the F word.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All, all
4: six letters of that word. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so gross. You gotta remember, they didn't, they didn't honor Pride Month the entire time he was in office. They took down every reference, every resource for the uh, LGBTQ plus community. It was awful. The the White House was no longer rainbow colors like it was under Obama, and uh, it, it's just I just don't understand when people who are at the top that this guy really is as powerful as he says he is, has the money he says he has. Why do you care? Like, why are you obsessed with other people if there's not something there that's actually pushing a button in you? Yeah, and that button in, from my perspective. Is that he's a raging homosexual. Okay, yes, yeah, so, okay, might be inflammatory. All right. But so at wanna... the very least, he's a little bit
3: curious, maybe? I think, listen, according to the Kinsey scale, he might wanna go to the Abbey. <laughs> the
1: Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q.
4: To our Kardashian, and you're in luck because this What's Poppin is focusing on Chloe what's going on?
3: Amen, honey. Well, Tristan Thompson secretly proposed to Khloe Kardashian in December of 2020, but she rejected him. The stunning revelation was made on Thursday's episode of the Kardashians when Kim Kardashian spilled that the good American co-founder never even told her family. The fact that he proposed and, you know, never told us. And I asked him months later, uh, she said that it made him feel bad. Um, And Chloe also said that she turned him down and it didn't make her feel proud, but she just had to. And then, of course, the scandal came out and I'm sure she was happy that she did. It's probably I don't even want to say happy. It's devastating. It's the father of her daughter and apparently the father of their son who was carried. um, It was a surrogate pregnancy, but it just makes me so sad for Chloe. And I think that all she wanted to do was be happy. And Tristan's a liar.
4: He's a lying, cheating scumbag. He's cheated on her so many times. And always while she's like pregnant and takes him back and trusts yeah. him again. Like just move on. Listen, he's got great DNA. NBA player, he's attractive. Her children now are full-blooded siblings. That's all really important stuff to her, right? Move on. He's dead weight. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at least Lamar loved her through it all and was like was like having his own struggles with with um, addiction his own demons he was fighting but he wasn't out like just cheating on her and lying to her face over and over again and then proposing to her like that was a different thing totally you left him you can also leave tristan i think it's harder they have children involved now
3: absolutely look
4: at look how long it took courtney to sort of like cut ties from scott disick
3: i think it's always harder when the, the babies are yeah. involved but you got to you just have to cut it All right, coming up in our final hour, do Republicans think drag shows are more dangerous than guns? One man thinks so. We've got the audio coming up the next hour.
4: Good morning, B. Channel Q. Do Republicans think drag shows are more dangerous than guns? Take a listen.
2: What do you think is more dangerous for children, uh, going to drag shows or guns?
4: Your drag shows, if you ask me. Yeah, kids can kids can own guns um, legitimately, you know. Use them the right way, right. but drag shows it's just horrible
2: But what like, do you think drag shows put them in more danger than, than a gun? Well
4: It's gonna change their lives sure You know, I mean never happened. I didn't go to them when I was there was they weren't around when I was young So right. yeah, I don't uh, believe in it but a drag show probably wouldn't wouldn't kill somebody. No it wouldn't kill anybody. No Okay, okay.
3: when I celebrated Mother's <laughs> Day three years ago, I took my one of my best friends Kim Caldwell <laughs> and her daughter to a drag show. I posted it and the DMs I got were so annoying. Some people thought it was really fabulous, and other people were very offended that her 4-year-old daughter was handing dollar bills to drag queens. I,
4: I was there. She was eating tater tots no, and having a the time second, of her life. this is a second. Oh, this is a different, a different
3: time. For Mother's Day, it was a Mother's Day oh. event, but you were there for my birthday yeah. and you saw her just having so much fun, yep. living her life, <clears throat> and I think that the irony that we celebrate things like toddlers and tiaras for little kids and little girls and pageants and they can do up their face and they can do all of these things. But then we look at drag queens as like, harmful or dangerous, similarly to guns, just says so much about America. And this guy's never even been to a drag show. It's always the people that have never been that have yeah. the most to say. He's
4: ignorant. All right, this is on uh, The Good Liars. They posted it on their, their duo who they do these sort of comedic bits. And and he was being interviewed uh, by one of the members, uh, Jason Selvig. And so, first and foremost, let's address one thing. Drag shows did exist when you were young. <laughs> They've always existed. Maybe you weren't there for them, but they've been around for generations, right? Some form of drag has always existed. You want to go way, way back. Men have been wearing wigs and makeup and high heels and dresses since the beginning of you know society, like humanity, whatever. But I, I, it drives me crazy when you talk to like... I won't just say a conservative. I, I I think conservatives are ones that frustrate me the most because they don't align with my belief system, right? So that's, for me, it's conservatives, but anybody who's uneducated about something and they say, well, I just, I just don't agree with it. What exactly don't you agree with though? That's the part that gets me. What don't you, so you, you, in the same breath have said, you don't agree with this. And you also say that you've never been to one, right? So how do you get to have an opinion? And that is the white privilege of it all for me, for this man. It's yeah. just like, I'm like, you, dude, you've never even been to one, right? It's like, I used to argue with my grandmother. My, my grandmother hated Hillary Clinton so much. Biased her. And I said, Grandma, what do you not like about her? Because I feel like you'd probably actually really like her if you understood her. I think she's a bitch. Okay, I got that. But like, what do you not like about like her personalities or something that turns you off? I just think she's a bitch. Okay, Grandma, great. What about her her platform? Like her voting record, what she stands for. Do you not agree with because I think if you knew her, you would see that you actually have a lot in common. She's been fighting for women's rights, she's women's businesses, she she helped bring money to, you know, micro loans for women in India years ago and and tried to help women like live their best lives, mm-hmm. right? And my grandmother was a business owner. She was a pioneer in my hometown. She owned a tanning salon. She
3: was an icon. In the
4: 80s when nobody else, no women were owning business. I mean, that
3: really is so iconic. It really is,
4: but she still, she goes, I don't care. I just think she's a bitch. And that was it. That was the only thing she ever said about her, right? And that is the mentality of people who, who are afraid of something because they're told they're supposed to be afraid of it, but they have nothing to back it up. They have no life experience whatsoever, right? This man is the same thing. He's afraid of drag shows. Why? Because he's never been to one. He thinks they didn't even exist when he was younger. Like, the ignorance is that there's so many layers to it. Um, but this man and his privilege thinks he gets to say this and that, that guns, kids are safer around guns than they are around Jiggly Caliente.
3: Yeah, it's Chantula. just so ignorant. I mean,
4: come on. And
3: I will say this. When I moved to L.A., I was um, 17 when I did my first <clears throat> big AIDS event and I was backstage and I was backstage with all drag queens and I was really young. I hadn't really um, done so much yet in L.A. and all the girls sat back there with me, handed me banana powder. I knew about banana powder way before the Kardashians and contouring way before because they taught me how to do it. They got me dressed. They were so good to me. They made me feel so good before I went on stage. I didn't feel like anything other than unconditional warmth and love. I was Mm -hmm. very nervous. I was really young. I just got kicked off American Idol. I could have used that extra encouragement and help. And they were very, very good to me. I'll never forget that. I always credit who I am to drag queens. And so I I just think it's such a gross thing to say.
4: Well, they're dangerous, apparently, according to conservatives.
3: Yeah, More dangerous than guns yeah then that makes sense
4: tell that to the families of the kids in sandy hook or uvaldi or anywhere else columbine the list goes on and on you're ignorant don't speak on things that you don't know about sir a million percent
2: tell me something good.
4: all right how about this we all love lizzo she's just a vibe yes. changing the game changing body image changing how we look at ourselves and love ourselves um and she's doing it once again. She's making headlines uh, because. Are you familiar with uh, James Madison? No. He was our president, Michaela. Okay, great. Many, many years before we were alive. Okay. About two hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had his two hundred year old flute, and this is what she did with it. This crystal is like playing out
2: of a wine glass. Be patient.
4: This is pretty wild. This is one of the very few items that his wife, Dolly Madison, uh, saved after British troops set fire to the original White House back in 1814. Wow. This is before the White House was burned down and a new White House was built in its place. Uh, this was on loan while she was in uh, Washington, D.C. The Library of Congress loaned this to her, and she played that. Th- I bet you, listen, we're talking we're talking back in the day when like slavery existed, right? This flute is couple hundred years old.
3: How empowering for Lizzo, though.
4: To play the former president's flute?
3: A thousand percent during like a, a cl- time of slavery. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm taking our power back, She's honey. a classically
4: trained uh, flutist, flautist, however you pronounce it, uh, but pretty cool stuff. Yeah, And she did this in, like, a, a gold shimmer see-through bodysuit.
3: We love Lizzo. So... <laughs> All right, this 84-year-old grandma just hit a lesbian milestone in the most heartwarming way. We'd love to see queer elders winning. The moment captured in this video might be a personal win. We've got the audio.
6: I can't believe that it's taken me so long to do it. I had a phone call um, from my bank because I had a new someone uh, just wanting a few answers, and they said to me, and who is Linda and I said, my wife. Oh, and we went on and conducted our business. Then I hung up on the phone, and I realized that for the first time, and I'm 84 and a bit years old, that I've said, my wife. So I thought it was worthwhile recording. You can call me dumb for not saying it before, but I guess it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Guess what? I'm going to be doing it again.
3: The pair officially tied the knot back in 2018 over 25 years ago. The event was lovely and a double wedding shared with them by Ford's daughter, Karen, and her own wife, Kathy. Uh, But this is incredible. Imagine being 84 years old and never saying my wife. Mm. Just because you weren't taught that you could say that. It's a monumental moment and I love that she was able to say it and will continue to say it and has a recording of her saying it so that we could share it on the morning beat.
4: Times are changing.
3: They really are. Thank God. Thank God. All right, coming up... uh, it's uh, Dr. Chris on Loveline later on today. So we always encourage you to stick around. He's always got really great advice for you. And then tomorrow is Friday. We're headed into the weekend. We love to see it, but not before we put on a really great fun show for you. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our guests. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
1: you could win a chance to fly off to London with 3 friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com/taylor. Tay in the UK it's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a
2: national contest. <laughs>